Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. It's a story, uh, actually, out of Germany, World War II, and the blitz of uh, uh, the fire bombings of Dresden, a family's house was caught on fire, and apparently they all got out except for the little son. The dad's out, and he's looking around, doesn't see him, and then he hears this yelling scream of his uh, youngest son upstairs out of the window. The dad runs over to the side of the house and looks up and puts his arms out and says, jump. It's the only solution. And uh, the boy yells out. He says, I don't see you. I don't see anything. It's just smoke everywhere. He's scared. He's frightened. And then the dad says, it's okay, son, because I see you. And with that confidence, the boy jumped and the father caught him. I love that story because it's a good illustration of faith from different perspectives. The one commanding, promising, and the one believing. For the boy, it's dark, it's smoky, can't see anything, but can only hear a voice. Only can hear words. Whereas the other perspective is the dad that sees it, that knows it's going to be all right. So when he says jump, it's going to be fine. That's faith, I think. That's the faith life we have between us and our Father in heaven who gives us commands and gives us promises. And sometimes we feel, maybe oftentimes, like that boy, right? Faith, trusting. This is a number one theme of the Bible. It's crazy that in the Middle Ages, the word faith, the power of faith, the meaningfulness of faith, the significance of faith was kind of lost, was not a major topic of the Christian church. It was one of many because really from the Old to New Testament, living by faith, living by trusting God's word, God's promises is everything. Despite what people saw, whether it was Noah, who never heard of rain before, who's told to go make an ark. Abraham, who's told to leave your comfortable country and go forward to a new land that he had never seen before. It's going to be his. Time and time again, God gives promises and commands. Just like that dad to jump. And for God, he's like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> But for us, it can be hard. Paul says the most powerful words about faith, and Jesus does too, of course. Paul says that another righteousness outside of the law, a righteousness outside of you pleasing God by your works, has been revealed. That you are completely righteous, not by doing what Christians do, but by believing that Jesus has done it all 
for you. Belief in Christ absolutely, completely gives you everything without, a, without anything on your part. Faith. It's pretty important. And yet, it's the weirdest thing because it's hard to quantify, I think. Ever thought about your faith? Are you really a believer? It's hilarious. People actually say, like, uh, the church has always baptized, it baptizes indiscriminately everybody, so it baptizes babies. But some people say, well, how can you baptize a baby? They can't believe. And the real question is, you can believe? Who are you to say that you can believe? Telling a baby it can't believe. Oh, you have strong, great faith then, I guess? Because when we think about it, we don't. You ever had those questions about your life? You know what I mean? Do I really believe? Do I look like I believe? Do I act like I believe? Because we don't all the time, do we? Sometimes, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one here, but I've got really weak faith sometimes. Is the basement going to get done? I don't know. No, I'm joking. It will. But <laughs> And then the writer of Hebrews gives us... This list of heroes in the faith, right? And so the writer of Hebrews says, Faith is the assurance, the certainty of things that are hoped for, comma, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is trusting something you don't immediately see, right? So the boy trusts his dad's going to catch him. We trust that we're going to rise from the dead. We trust that we are righteous children of God, but we don't look like people are going to rise from the dead. As we bury a body in the ground, it doesn't look positive. As we look at our sins, we don't look like people that should be given anything, let alone the kingdom of God. So we trust if Jesus says so, then it must be. And that's all we got. Is trusting those promises and going forward on them. And so the writer of Hebrews says, For by faith the people of old received their commendation. In other words, they've always lived by faith, going forward, not seeing what God is saying, but just believing it and moving forward. And then he lists off these great heroes, right? Abel. And then he lists Noah. I just talked about that. And then, of course, Abraham. He says, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to the, live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, right? And he goes on to us about Isaac and Jacob. And then later on in chapter 11, he talks about Moses, Sarah believed, right? Where does he say this about Sarah? By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who would promise. I mean, wow! This list of role models of believers, people, the whole Old Testament is full of people that live by faith. Do you look like these people? Do you look... Like someone, if God says so, it's true, and you go out, you're going to build that ark, you're going to leave your country? I, I don't. But think about these people again. I, I don't know what the Hebrews writer was drinking when he wrote this. 
Because if you read the Old Testament, if you read Genesis, the story of these guys, uh, they don't look so good as they do in this quick little survey, do they? Especially Abraham. Abraham? Oh, he was some faithful guy? So he's told to leave. You got a promised land coming. He takes his wife Sarah, Sarai at the time, and they go, and they, are, they end up in Egypt for a little bit. And good old faithful Abraham is so confident in God's promise. What does he tell the Egyptians when they see his wife? He's so scared. He forgets that God is with him, that gonna, God's going to bless him as God promised. And so he tells the Egyptians, oh, that's not my wife. That's my sister. And one of the Egyptians actually was going to ask her out and marry her. Is that a faithful fellow? And then Sarah, when she's told you're going to have a baby, she's 90-something. She's biologically barren. It's impossible for her to have a kid. And so when God told her you're going to have a baby, she didn't say, yes, Lord, you bet. That sounds good. But she laughed. She even called her son Isaac, which means he laughs. Why? Because it's ridiculous. She did not believe it. And then Abraham and Sarah... <laughs> are told you're going to have a son. They waited a couple days, nothing. So they gave up on the promise and they tried to do it themselves by getting their servant pregnant. Does it sound like people that immediately walk in faith and believe everything God says? Not at all. Then go on. Noah sins later on after he gets off the ark. Uh, David, David's talked about as a hero of the faith. Everybody remember Bathsheba? The Bible's full of real people. It's not like other religions where it clearly some guy wrote something and it just sounds like everything's perfect. It's a real God with real people. These are real believers that went up and down in their faith. They didn't strongly believe every second. They didn't follow God perfectly. They lived and they sinned. And God, the Old Testament's all about God pulling and dragging people. I hope you find yourself in that list of people that struggle with the faith. That's okay. It's okay to ask questions. If it's true, it can be questioned. It's okay to argue. In a sense of conversation with God, it's okay to doubt. Doubt is a part of believing. I would say, is part of the conversation a believer has with God. I want you to know that. I've met so many people that they like this faith stuff, but they get very upset by it because they're so scared of their faith. Is this strong enough? Do I really believe in Jesus? Am I really a believer? When you focus on your faith, you will always find yourself wanting or you'll become self-righteous. If you think about your faith, and whether it's weak and you try measuring your faith, you'll always, you'll always be depressed. What does Abraham do when he doubts God? He talks to God. And God had to continually remind him of those promises. 
time and time again. It wasn't one word and Abraham went off. Continually, you find God repeating the promises to Abraham, continuing to push him and to pull him and to hold him through these things. And that's what churches, one might say. It's a time where you get to hear that promise again after being out in that crazy world and seeing a crazy world and thinking momentarily like that kid who's up in that room and all he sees is smoke. My goodness, the world's winning. The devil's winning. None of these things are true and I'm condemned. Church is the dad's voice through you and through me and not just through me, but through you, for, for each of you, for one another, speaking, reminding people of those promises. And also, our faith is not blind. We oftentimes think that, uh, you think of blind faith. I think Christians talk about this too. Like, well, you just got to believe. When someone asks you a question, well, you just got to believe. Well, you don't believe. Well, you just got to believe. And we actually accept that idea that believing is a blind faith. You just believe in whatever, right? Because for a moment, it sounds like that when the writer of Hebrews says that, right? You believe in something you do not see. But it's not really blind. Because it's just like that boy in that window crying out to his dad. He immediately did not see that he could jump, nor his dad. But he heard his dad's voice. And his voice said, it's okay. The boy trusted the voice and trusted his dad, not blindly. That boy had experienced his dad coming through time and time again. Does that make sense? That boy did not jump blindly. For a moment he did. He didn't see his dad. But he jumped with a confidence because he knew the one who said to jump. That he had caught him before. That he had fed him at his table. That he had put shelter over his house and he's told him I loved him and he hugged him many a time. And so Abraham and Moses and Noah and you and me, when God says, trust me, I'm going to take care of you. When God says, love your neighbor as yourself, even though it looks like you're giving away stuff you might need later. When Jesus says, forgive others, even though it seems kind of dumb just to let somebody get away with something. When Christ says, I'm the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in me will never die, even though it looks like we're dying. When Jesus says, I forgive you, even though it seems ridiculous that he would, we can trust his words, not blindly, but confidently because he has followed through on his promises time and time again. The ark was built. The rain stopped. Israel was formed. Joseph was rescued. The Israelites were delivered. And Christ died and rose for you. Historical event, fact, promise fulfilled. Your faith is not blind. Your faith is not in a wish or a hope. It is in a real God who's done real things in history, in the world, in the universe, and in your personal lives. 
So when he tells you it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. When he says you are forgiven, you are forgiven. Christ hangs on the cross for you. And when he says you will rise again, it's going to be all right. You know that because Jesus is the firstborn of many of the dead. And when our Lord tells St. James to go and make disciples into a hostile world, into a world that seems more skeptical than ever and doing its own thing, and we could all be scared and think, oh, people don't want to be Christian anymore. They're not going to believe this stuff. You can believe it. You can go forward and do it. It will happen. He does make disciples. He can make things out of nothing, let alone an unbeliever into a believer, someone who did not have hope into someone who does. And all the plans we have here at St. James, we can go forward doing them because we are following the one who died and rose for us. It's going to be okay in, our, in your life. It's going to be okay here St. James. This place will flourish. We will have more people than ever here. We will grow as a community and we will grow in the faith here. Why? Because his word does that. His promises come true. And I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Because the one who calls you and commands this church is the one that died and rose for it. Nothing can stop it. In Jesus' name, amen.